Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Friday! Let's go! Yes. I got the center seat. Oh, man. Tall man's in the middle. G. Bush is still sick. He's puking all over the you. place, apparently. Yeah, we told him, yeah, you keep stay, your vomit yeah, yeah, right. in your place. Look, stay now, by home. the way, guys, yesterday I got us started with, with driving. I got to yes. get us started with something else. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have the pro- appropriate panel that will appreciate this because you have to be born in the 70s or earlier to appreciate what I the rabbit hole I went down last Uh-oh. night. Okay. I started I played the video for We Are the World. You remember oh, We Are absolutely, the World? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Mikey's Lawford, like what's We Are the Michael World? Jackson, all Stevie Wonder, so I all of them. Okay. Right. First of all, the collection of talent in that room was absurd. Absurd. Yeah. It, I mean it was crazy. Maybe the greatest ever settled in one room. It was all Americans. It, it yeah. was all Americans because it was USA for Africa. Remember right, that's right, what yep. they right. did it for. And I was like, who are the only big stars of that era who weren't there? And the who two weren't there. The two biggest stars. Can you think of who? It's tough. Was Bruce there? Bruce was. Bruce was there. Yes. He was um, so seeing him like Prince. That's one of the two. Prince was not in that. Prince video. was not in there. Apparently, I read after I went down the rabbit hole. Prince was supposed to be there, and then he didn't show up. And there was all these conspiracy theories. That might be the most Prince thing ever. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the other okay, one, I think. I'll, um, I'll give you a clue. The other one's a woman. Was a big star in the '80s. Sure, Madonna. Madonna. Nice oh, job, yeah. Steve. Madonna, Steve right. got that. Director Steve confirmed. Born those, those were the two. The now, did you big read stars. about the drama that 60s. ensued with Cindy Lauper being a diva, and some of the other stars were looking at her like, "Who the hell do you think you are? You know, you're, you're not in some yes. a random collection of artists here, right, right. Right, right, right?" And there was somebody else I can't remember now who he was Waylon Jennings or somebody that like walked out in the middle of it or whatever. Wow, no but kidding. But it was just like we were. My wife and I were watching the video and we're like, "Oh my god!" And there I should rec- be a behind the music on that song. There, how have, how has there not been? I don't know. You know you didn't, it, with Lionel Richie, Billy Joel. Yeah. You already mentioned yeah. a bunch of them. Plus, Michael Kenny Jackson, Rogers, obviously. Michael Jackson was yeah. amazing. It was incredible. You had the greatest I, of the greatest. And what was the what Pointer was Sisters? The Cindy- uh, Noretha Franklin, although she's a little pre that era, but she was Tina Turner was in it. Yeah, um, it was Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the, the News. news right. And you would think that there would, because you would have been aware in the moment that this is a once in a lifetime thing. Right. You would think that there would have been twenty cameras rolling everywhere. Yes. Correct. Just catching yes. everything that happens. Yes. And I and so I've been singing the song all morning, doing the different voice. <laughs> Paul Simon, we forgot about, and Paul, Bob, Bob Dylan was there. <laughs> And, it really uh, was incredible. But, now, w- w- was Michael Jackson kind of the spearhead of that? He thing? thought he was like directing. I always yes. thought that was kind of his thing. Yeah. I think, believe it or not, uh, I think he co-wrote it with Huey Lewis of all people. Like Huey Lewis was pretty big back then. Huey actually was a good songwriter. Right, yeah, that wrote a lot of hits for people other than himself. Yeah, I liked. Wow. I loved his music too. But it was, where did you run into this on YouTube? I, there was. I saw something on YouTube, and I was like. I want to watch this video. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, and it was yeah. so much fun that I made my wife watch it. And then she's yeah. like, soon after that, Saturday Night Live did a sketch about oh, that. Oh, I bet they did. And it was Bill, it was Billy Chris. We found it. It was Billy Crystal playing Prince. And it was like, 
We, I am also the world. <laughs> and then you see, J not John Belushi, but Jim Belushi is dressed up as Willie Nelson. And oh my God. somebody else is dressed up as Bob Dylan. They come out. And then Mr. T and Hulk Hogan beat him up and get him out of there. <laughs> and somebody came out, I don't know who it was, you know, came out as Cindy Lauper. And she's, ah, wow, wow, you know. Like, what's crazy about that is, yeah. there, I don't think we're ever going to have cultural phenomena like no. that again. Not no. like that. Because if you remember, that was the height of the MTV era. Yes. And kids today, like McNuggets, doesn't know what MTV started as. No, right. No. What it used to be. Yes. It Can was, I guess what it used to be? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. Music television, right. MTV. Okay, so it did, it did start as music videos, though. That was it. Yeah. Okay. That's all that was it was in the beginning. Now, they don't play any music videos. And by the way, all those DJs from back in the day, or those VJs, yeah. Yeah. they're now on Sirius yeah, on like the 80s channel. My wife and listens to them every day. <laughs> me too. She loves them That's because great. she loves the 80s. That what's her name? I can't think of the one DJ who's got that really raspy yeah, voice. Yeah, it's even worse. Oh now. my God! Nina Blackwell. Nina. Nina, Nina Blackwood? Blackwood. Nina Blackwood. Nina Blackwood. According yeah, to yeah. according to director Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's really like this. Yes. It's hard to listen to. Pat Benatar wasn't in We Are the World either. I liked her. Oh, she wasn't. Then. No, no. Yeah, she was a pretty it. big star. She wasn't like. Yeah, I don't think she was in the stratosphere of some of the others. But no, she was a big star. She, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that was the, fun. the good old days of MTV. And Ugh. see now, you know. Nobody buys records. No, no. There's no more record stores. No. Everything's downloaded. Yeah. Got some. Which I hate. That was such a big part of my yeah. youth. Yeah, yeah. Saving my allowance. Yeah. yeah. Racing to uh, the music store peaches, at the mall. Uh, well, how about peaches uh, and picking out that album or that cassette that right. you've been saving. Right. How about forever? the little later? Once it got to cassettes, you would have the you'd send the penny in. Yes, and you'd and get, get thirteen 12. or something. <laughs> oh, oh, you tell you have a little ad, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but then you had to buy like had right to buy six more over the next three right, years, right, right, right? Something like that. Right. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which sucked because you had to pay full price for that. Yeah, right. right they got right, you. But right. in the meantime, you got this huge box of cassettes <laughs> for a penny. It was, it was awesome. Oh my god! I used to. Record the videos on MTV I on, a DV, on a VCR tape. You leave a tape in, record, yeah. play, pause, yeah. and as soon as the song came on, Billy Jean's on. Yeah, hit it, boom. And well, Michael Jackson's it. videos in particular were just like thriller. They were movies. I mean, that was crazy. Remember, they would have a world premiere yeah. of the Michael Jackson thriller. Right, it, it was well, whatever. Hey, you know, we what's the equivalent of that today? Well, there is nothing because there's no. The only appointment viewing that exists today is sports. sports. That's well, it. That's it. And HBO shows. Well. Yeah, I guess there are some, because they still release episodes at yeah. a time. But it's crazy because there used to be, I don't know if you remember this, there used to be Friday night videos. This, oh, yeah. This was yes. a, this was if you didn't have cable. Right. And a lot of folks didn't. This was the like the, the beginning edge of the I cable era. I remember Friday era. night videos. So NBC, I think it was NBC on Friday night yes, at was. 1130, yep. would just go from 1130 to 1, and they would play nothing it was amazing. but the popular videos. Loved it. And God, their ratings were gargantuan. At 11.30 at night. I mean, in those days, it was Friday night videos. Remember Headbangers Ball? Headbangers Ball. Then, and then you had Saturday Night with Saturday Night Live, which was must-watch in those days. John Kirshner's rock concert would come on and then, late at night, And then too. Sunday well, was George Michael's sports so machine, I'm of gonna, course. I'm just, Absolutely. I'm just going to give you a bit of trivia, right? So, to, to bring it full circle. So, you know, MTV came out. You know, they wouldn't play black videos at all. Not, not at first. They yeah. did not. No. That's how BET came in, it was Duran Duran. It was all the white I wanna, pop groups. I want to say that I yes. said Michael Jackson was the first one they were really starting to play. Right? He broke down the so barrier. So BET right, right, right. came into play because they, there was an there was an avenue for for that culture. Right. And that's with how the black artists that, that MTV right. wasn't playing. Wasn't playing. BT, BET was. 
God, that was I, to Mike's question. It, I don't think anything will be like that again. No, no. I really. It's so much no. different now. Everything is so scattered. Yeah. And nobody's really broadcasting. Everybody's like narrow casting. Everything yeah. is so niche right now. I have a question. Yeah. So would they just do a live broadcast for a four-minute music video and then just yes. go back yeah. to regular programming? No, they no. would build an hour around oh, it. They would yeah. say, welcome to the Michael Jackson world premiere right. video yeah. of Billie Jean. <laughs> Over re- the next 60 minutes, no. we're going to tell you no. how the music video was made, you, where it was made. You, and then at like 8.45, they would roll it. Do yeah. you remember when Thriller came out? They, oh they, they, told you when, they told you when Thriller was going to be broadcast. <laughs> yeah. on, yes, on, for a on, month well, in advance. Yes. And, February third, the world premiere of the Michael Jackson <laughs> thriller video. The hype for Michael Jackson videos was like the hype for Marvel movies. Now. Yeah. Oh, they spent tens I of mean, millions it's, it's of dollars crazy. on these videos. It was videos. crazy. I love the Beat It video. That was a great one too. But then, oh, of Beat course, It, Billie Jean, all of the Thriller videos. Yeah. Off the album Thriller, right. which to me is still the greatest single a- album, album of all ever. Yeah, of all By down. the way, it, it, last thing, it, as I continued down the rabbit hole, and I, after I watched the Saturday Night Live parody with Billy Crystal, it took me to a couple other Saturday Night Live sketches. And some of the stuff then, obviously, that was the best time of Saturday Live, the 70s yeah. into the early 80s. And it got good again. It, now I don't really watch it. But but some of the things they did then, you could never do. I watched no. this one sketch <laughs> that had Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor wow. where they used every racial slur. I uh, mean every racial slur. Wow. Now, it was supposed to be funny. Richard Pryor was part of the thing. Right. But you could never do that now. Uh, no. Never. It, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this was on TV. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> That's, not that's why it's, that's why it was what it was is it was cutting edge. That's yes. Archie anymore. Bunker in the yeah, 70s, oh, yeah. same, yes. thing. same thing. Yes. Um, you know, while it was poking fun of at society yeah. and 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 the way and bigots and the way people were then, yeah. um, it, it also you know it there was a comedic thread to it. They did make it funny, yes. even if you were offended. It was still funny yeah. the way they did it. It would never pass censors oh, today, no, no. Do it. which is no. odd because what gets on TV today in some areas is far worse than it was. Things that were That's on TV true. in the 70s. Yeah. But not when it comes to social norms and that kind of right, thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. All right. That, Wait, that was last, a fun rabbit hole. I'm glad yes. you took us down there because I haven't thought about Those that are great video memories. in 20 years. Last right. part of the rabbit hole. We're mentioning comedy. February 8th. Hilarities. Yes. Our UCSS comedy show. I will not say every racial slur in the book. I promise Don't you. Don't say any. You're not going to use any. Happen. I will not use any. No, it'll be a very PG uh, comedy skit. Are you working on individual bits for for, yeah, for actually, Bull, for G, for Brad, like jokes uh, about all No, of you us? know what? I'll give you guys the quick rundown. I think the first 90 seconds, I'm just going to roast everyone on the show. Good. And then the last eight minutes is going to be just jokes. And hopefully one of them lands. Wow, so. you're really taking this seriously. You're building a rundown. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm practicing in the shower. Every yeah. time I'm in the shower, <laughs> I, I run through this better, routine. I actually you, think. You better practice on being funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward I, to this. Listen, I think I'm going to get a cut. There's a couple ones that are going to fall flat. I have a feeling that it's well, a Well, cut those deep. out. You got time. Cut them out and replace I, I'm, them. I'm working. I, I talked to yeah. my, my friend Chris yesterday who did stand-up back. Have you tried back. this out on anyone by yet? Him. I have not the whole routine, but I've done a little couple bits to people. So. How's it going over? Well, Jess laughed at all of them, but Jess laughs at everything, so I'm not sure she's a great sounding board. Okay. So I, I need an easy laugh to start, but it's, it's going good. February 8th, Polk is working on getting that link. I see people in the YouTube chat right now asking us, where's the link? As How soon much as are we, tickets to that ten show? Bucks. Ten bucks. And it's, going, it's all going to charity. I don't get any money. It's all going That's to the Greater great. Cleveland Food Bank. Uh, we're raising money for... Charity, but it's for the Greater Cleveland okay. Food Bank. So, That's fantastic. so okay. Anthony's opening, that all, so. then you, and then Polk. 
Uh, there's also it's also the Mike Polk Jr. show, so there's a couple other local comedians. Okay. To buffer the terrible me and Anthony. Exactly. So it's going to be a great <laughs> show, even beyond you and yes. Anthony, which is going to be funny in a different way. It's going to be a great show, and you get in for ten bucks. I mean, you cannot beat that kind of entertainment. And ever. you're helping the greater Cleveland community and so. and helping people. Yes. And you get to meet us. Come hang out with us. Yes, that's the yeah. High. It's kind of going to be a UCSS off-site party. Right? Yeah. It's going to be mean, awesome. That, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, there will be. Alcohol served. Do you know what the show's called? You don't. No. It's actually called the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show Comedy Show Fantasy Football Atonement Spectacular. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Mike, Mike had to come up with that. that. Yes. <laughs> that is so Mike Polk. That is, yeah. Mike Polk wrote the description. I just had a correct By the way, I saw um, on social media, maybe you guys have seen this. That if, you're, if you don't know why <laughs> McNuggets is going to do a 10 minute comedy routine, it's because he finished last in our fantasy football league. Yeah. Dead last. So that was the pre-approved right. punishment for the last right. place team. I've seen some really funny ones this year on social media. One of the guys has to do a TikTok dance I saw this every day. It is mind-blowingly funny. 30 days. 30 oh. days for an entire month. He has to post himself doing a TikTok dance. Yeah. Every single day, and they are absolutely hilarious. Oh, my God. Because the people guy getting, can dance. People are getting more and more creative with their last place uh, prize. They, I say they prizes. Are. It's not yeah. really a prize. <laughs> Movie prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, busy show today. Dequel Jackson is coming up in a little bit. We're going to do our divisional picks, and we're going to play a game of Would You Rather. Okay? Everybody knows that game, sure. Would You Rather. Uh, it's a really, really, as you take a look at our Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, championship trophy, which sits in front of Bull because – as predicted by himself, Bull won the inaugural league. Bull did. is Mr. Fantasy. There's no doubt about it. I am a fantasy You can nerd. talk about third-tier tight ends, right. and he's going to name off six yeah, of them. There's no question. Yeah, it's he really, really goes deep with fantasy football. <laughs> and we're glad he's here because we know a lot of you guys love fantasy football, and his knowledge has been helpful. Um, would you rather is going to be fascinating. Um, I wish G was here because I know he was going to be on – the opposite. G was side. very hot about this one. When I when I told him about it yesterday, he goes, "Oh, I can't wait to get into this." Yeah, one. that's and why then, I wish he was here. Yeah, we may <laughs> we may have to. T I'll text G and I'll, I'll get some of his his stats he wants me to throw in here. But in the meantime, let's start with Jim Schwartz and his coaching style. Brad, you haven't had a chance yet to weigh yeah. in on that. I know originally we were all kind of wishing that it would have gone the other way. Brian Flores was he seemed to be our consensus first pick, right. but right behind him at a very close one A was Jim Schwartz. What, what what do you say well, about my, the Schwartz hiring? My thoughts were I think it was a uh, appropriate and great hire. I think that uh, uh, I didn't think that uh, the options that the Browns had. I didn't think that uh, the way they ended up with Schwartz was probably the best of all options because otherwise they would have had to wait for a period of time here. And the Browns are not in a position to wait for anything, mm. right? We needed a culture change. You know, Joe Woods had to. It was not working here for Joe Woods, right? As nice as a guy he probably was, it just not was not to be. We had to clean house, and it was time to clean house. My question now is, when you bring in a new philosophy with, with Jim Schwartz and no no nonsense guy come to the table, you know now you got to correct the culture in the clubhouse, right? Everybody got to be on the same, singing from the same hymnal. Yeah, before you even start thinking about the actual X's and O's of right. the defense, we got to we got we got to clear that up. We got to sing from the same hymnal. Everybody's got to be talking about the same thing now. Do you he, think he's the guy to do that? Well, I think from from what I what I can see <laughs> and what I read, I think his personality is fitting for that. Now, do I think that everybody's going to buy into the package? Absolutely not, right? And there's a, there's a remedy to that. Let me show you the door. <laughs> That's the remedy. Yeah. And if, I don't care if you're the highest price dude. Or, or, so if it's or, Miles or, Garrett that doesn't buy in, you, you got to go. I'm going to get a king's ransom back for you. Yes, I will. 
because that's how the big boys play it. Yeah. Like we all gonna come from the same place at the same time. The bus leaving at, at one time. We all gonna be on. Now, if you don't want to be on the bus, tell me now, and I will make a that, that takes us to our first question, Bull. Yeah. How will Miles take to Schwartz's coaching style, which was probably, if, if we're gonna compare it to anybody that he's played under so far, it would yeah. be Greg Williams. Yeah, I, I've heard this comparison. I know uh, Earl was concerned about that. I. I, I <laughs> Maybe their styles are similar, uh, but I ultimately think Greg Williams and Jim Schwartz are very different people. Uh, yes. And that Williams is more of a hard ass? Yeah, I mean, Williams is like a borderline lunatic. <laughs> uh, you know, which I, I, as a borderline lunatic myself, I don't have a problem with that. But, like, I, Schwartz is not, like, he's a tough guy, but he's not, he doesn't have the same reputation that Greg Williams he's has. He's fair tough as far yeah, as Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and uh, somebody that I was talking to that that uh, covers the Browns was saying to me that part of the reason Jim Schwartz got hired is because they, they over Brian Flores in the end, one that Brian Flores had some head coaching opportunities right. so they couldn't seal a deal can't, with him. Can't wait. Right. But also that they think ultimately Miles Garrett fits best in what Jim Schwartz wants to do in his style, and so that's and he's their best player, so they wanted to have an off a defense. That fits his style. So I think uh, Jim Schwartz has shown you consistently in his career that he gets the best out of defensive linemen. It's been a consistent theme in his coaching career. Yeah. So when and and I I as as all those great players he's had, I would argue that Miles Garrett's better than all of them. Can I can I can I say this? And I was just thinking about when you talk about Schwartz and, and yeah. fitting Miles Garrett Miles Garrett style. What sometimes a coach has to do is challenge players from this standpoint, not challenge them to produce on the field, but challenge them in other ways. I'm going to challenge my gear. I'm going to need you to be the leader here. Something yeah, that you haven't done. We talked about that yesterday. I said yeah. not, something that you haven't two done. Days ago. Something that you haven't done, right? And you have to, you have, sometimes you have to dig into people's soul and they have to go yeah. and soul search. You're like, what do you mean? I am a leader. No, you're not. I'm going to need you to take Not the leader I need you to be. I need you, you to be. You know Ted Ginn Sr., yeah. right? Mm -hmm. We had him in Wednesday. And one of the questions we asked him, and I was fascinated by the answer, was, yeah. can you make your best player, who it, who it may not be in his DNA to be a vocal leader, can you make that guy a leader? And he said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It and was interesting because um, uh, Kevin Stefanski was on with Ken, Carmen, and Anthony Lyman this morning on The Fan. Unlike them, we will give credit to, to other entities. Um, and it was, a real, it was actually an interesting interview. He gave a couple of, of – they asked, both guys asked some good questions – and he actually gave some answers. He gave a very interesting answer when he was asked about this, about leadership. Mm -hmm. And he admitted, he didn't say, he didn't even say it was a bad thing, but he was like, you know, we have leaders on the team. They may, he's like, everybody wants that one guy that's going to rah-rah and scream and yell and get the whole team. He said, not every team has that. Those players are very special. And he didn't say specifically we don't. But I thought the way he answered it made it seem like he doesn't. He, he brought up Nick Chubb as an example. He goes, hey, Nick speaks when he needs to, but basically he leads by example. Right. Now, I well, do I think, think it's pretty clear. They don't have no, that. No, they, they don't. I mean, wait, I, 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 if I'm going to central cast, yeah. Ray Lewis is that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. So they're, they're on the scale. So, okay, if, if yeah. you have a Ray Lewis who would be a 10 in terms of guys taking a hill with a player and rah-rah, the, the, the epitome for me was Ray Lewis. Mm -hmm. Um, on that scale, you'd have to go down to like maybe a three before you find one of those guys on the Browns. Well, and maybe it is Chubb, and maybe it is Garrett. But yeah, I mean, it's it, 
if I think we're it, not seeing well, it, I, the sideline cameras aren't capturing it, I would, it's not happening a lot. I would say that the rah-rah like Ray Lewis, that that's a rare type, right? That is a rare type. Oh, that's why I said that level is rare. Because if you sit out, even when Dion was playing, I don't think you would say Dion was a leader on the team. Dion no, was a not like Ray Lewis. No. But you know, but, okay, let's so take like Drew Brees. But let me let, Drew Brees let me was, say this. Yes, you're, on that spectrum, you're, you're, way on the right. You're end. looking for this. You're looking for a general. The general is not always the rah-rah. The general is the person that can get to Bull and say, "Hey, Bull, come on now. I'm gonna need to get something better out of That's this. right. And I respect you enough that like maybe okay. like Sheldon Richardson right. was when he was here. He wasn't yeah. the best player. Mm-hmm. But he kind of was the traffic cop on the team. He kept That's guys it. in line. He was the guy that pulled Baker aside and said, "Bake, what the hell are you doing? Right. You don't talk about, you know, one of ours, right? Right. Like that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, Jay. I think ultimately, in in the Ravens' case, they were a team built on defense, and so Ray Lewis led, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, Brad. It's a unique situation mm-hmm. at that level. For most teams, you want that guy to be your quarterback. And it's I think it's better if he yes, is. And, yeah. and or your best player. Yeah. Right. And, like in, and, the, in the Ravens case, it wouldn't have done any good if Trent Dilfer came running out of no. the tunnel, lifting dirt. He dancing. wasn't firing anybody no. up. But when Ray did it, who was clearly not just the best player on that team, but one of the all-time greats, it just electrified everybody. But I hope that Deshaun Watson can be that guy next year. Now It'd be nice. I, yeah. I think he had that kind of personality when he was in Houston. Yeah, so do I. Really? Because I never saw that. I never saw like I always thought he, I think people responded to him. Yes, I think he, I think everywhere he's been. Was he a fiery leader? I don't remember that. I mean, again, if you anybody compared to Ray Lewis is not going to seem like a fiery leader. But okay, Drew Brees. Own, was it, was it, I think in, he was like that, like Drew Brees. Okay, I looked look at him good. that way. I don't remember it. And but he hasn't been that way here. Obviously, he played crappy football. It, 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 from the most part, for the six games he was here. And something, the one aspect of Deshaun Watson that I kind of ignored when they traded for him is, like, the mental aspect. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, he did it to himself, at least some of this. Oh, yeah. Right? He, he was there. Right. And so, <laughs> he's got to find a way. You know, we, we, we always laugh when they're like, guys got to go for counseling or whatever. I mean, Deshaun Watson clearly is a guy. No matter what he did and didn't do, that needs counseling. Yes. Because he's got mental hurdles to overcome. No matter how, no matter what percentage of what happened is he's to blame for, there's at least a percentage. And whatever percentage yeah. it is, he needs to find a way over that because he needs to get that guy back. He needs yes. to have that. Unless he gets that cockiness, that edge that quarterbacks have to have that are good, he's never going to be that I player. I want to clarify <laughs> something just to make yeah. sure that what, that what you said wasn't misunderstood. Yeah. You're not saying... He needs counseling for everything that happened before he got to Cleveland. Whatever that was, and, and he and the women right. know. Yes. Whatever that was, yeah, there probably is a degree that needs cleaned up. But I think the bulk of the work yeah. that, that Deshaun needs to do with a sports psychologist is exactly what you said. How do I get back to having the swagger that That's number right. four had in Houston? That's right. How do I deal with the awful things I'm going to hear for the rest of my career? Right. How do I deal with the media? How do I handle this stuff? Because, Bull, I honestly believe this, and we're going to talk about this later in the show. My biggest concern right now with Deshaun Watson is that he never returns to the guy he was because of what happened mm-hmm. to him. Well, and that's it. Because physically, there should be no reason no why No reason could. whatsoever. It's the mental. It's if the if mental. he doesn't get back to that guy, it's going to be because he couldn't get back well, to we, that we, mindset. Yeah. I'm the freaking man. We, we, yes, we talked absolutely. about it weeks ago when I was on the show. I said there's there's a fine line between the good and the great. Yeah. And it's your edge. It's a, you, the, all the greats have an edge to them, right? How they carry themselves. And so I said, I said, I think our issue was 
we didn't take that into consideration when we were talking about him coming back. Because we were blinded by the right, talent. Right. Yeah, and, and that's so, fair. I, yeah. I, and so I think so even not, Bull would admit you, that. I, I think everybody I, would admit that. You got to now. I ignored that. The Browns and Deshaun Watson yeah. now have to mirror that together here and be yes. like, hey, hold on now. Right. We're going to need, it's like, it's like a red car here. We need some body work here, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. we've got to see what's inside the body. Did some of that stuff inside get damaged? Yeah, here? did the frame get Be- cracked? Because you got to put that back together. Because without an edge, I yeah. don't care if it's Deshaun Watson, any other great player, without that edge, it takes a lot away from that player. U- ultimately, back to the starting port point, yeah. which was Schwartz and Miles yeah. Garrett. No one here thinks that Miles is going to have a problem being coached harder than he was mm. before. Because I don't think it's I think they were the begging for it. Greg Williams. I think they were begging for it. But I am concerned about one guy. And before I tell you the name of the guy I'm concerned about, I'll ask you guys. Do you have a player that you're concerned about in terms of how he's going to match up with Schwartz's style? I mean, I I guess JOK would be the guy. Okay. I mean, just because he's such a different player. I mean, he's like, like a typical – like you have to find a way – to, you have to find a position for him. Right. I, I don't even know what... How you use him. Right. I'm not sure. So, that's the guy, like... I mean, Jim Schwartz defense is all about getting pressure mm-hmm. with the front four and having a strong... You know, you, and to do that and to and to have Miles Garrett out wider in the, this wide nine, right? You are you have to be stout in the middle. We know they need to add defensive tackles. Right. I'm not worried about the guys that are here. They're all young. They're moldable, right? I'm not worried about the guys in the secondary, really. Because I think they're talented there. I think that was the biggest disappointment of this season, besides Deshaun Watson in the last six games, was the play of the secondary overall. It improved as the season went along, but I expected the secondary to be great the whole season, and they were far from I think from we there. all did. Yeah. So I think JOK and unlocking his skill set is the thing I'm most concerned do you about. Have a, so, do you have a player that you're concerned about? No, I, I probably would agree with JOK, and not from the standpoint of him being able to do the deal, but you have to find a place where he can succeed from, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the position the Browns had him in, the slot they had him in, was the most advantageous to his ability. Yeah. The thing I'm looking for, we're going to Schwar- talk to DePaul Schwar- about that. Schwartz in five is this you're empowering the rest to be the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. Delpit, Johnson, uh, Miles. Uh, Taki Taki, uh, Emerson, Ward, Newsom, right? We think we have good players. Okay. Put them in a position to succeed. Yeah. Stop stop talking about what they can't do. Right. What do you do well? Right. And let me put you in a position to do that. I have a concern. It's not a major concern, but it's just a, 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 I don't even, I don't even know how to properly say this because it's going to sound like, you know, that I'm overstating this. The one guy that I am a little concerned about, though, is Denzel Ward. And that's because Denzel was probably the most vocal supporter of Joe, of Joe Woods. I mean, he had come out in, during the season mm-hmm. and said, guys, he's not the problem. Okay? He's not the problem. So I, I start wondering, okay, who is going to be most upset about his absence? Yeah, and maybe. it seemed like he, Ward was his biggest ally. Uh, I don't know. Fair. Maybe that was just a public face. He was putting on no, to show you. I probably like Joe he Ward. He probably did. I like Joe Ward. But that doesn't mean he's going to dislike Schwartz. No, not it's at all. not Schwartz's fault that Joe Woods got right. fired. And ultimately, I think Denzel Ward is going to love the fact that Jim Schwartz plays a lot more man defense yes, it, than, than Joe right. Woods well, it did. Well, spotlights his talents. Absolutely. A let lot me, more. Let me yeah. And to your point, finding, okay, so take your 11 guys, whoever they end okay. up being, and we know who probably eight or nine of them are. Sure. When you look at these guys, what are their strengths? And just build a defense that plays to each one of their strengths. 
Right. Now, the hard thing is it's like solving a Rubik's Cube. You might get one side, but you got to get all six at the same time. Well, so the hard part, and I believe yeah. Schwartz is the guy for this, is finding that defense where all the sides match up at the same time. So you're putting Miles Garrett in his strength. If that's wide nine, it's wide nine. Yeah. Okay, so if Denzel is man, you got to play him in man. Yeah. So you got to get all these pieces to line up together right. at the same Which time. Which is not always easy, It's of not, course. and that may take time. That may take four, five, six games. I think it's very important for everyone to understand, don't judge this offense or this defense rather no. in week well, six. I, I'm going to say this. It's I, going to take yeah, time. Yeah. I'm going to say this to you, though. It's Sometimes it's not just that. It's this. I got to challenge you to be the best that you can be, right? You're supposed to be this big money grip player, right? Right. You're going to live up to that. Yeah, show I'm me. A, I'm going to put you out here, right? Yeah. And most people are going to respond to that. Denzel Ward is a Buckeye, right? All we do is win. That's all we know, right? right? And we are challenged at all points, at all times. What you have to do is you have to respond, right? So now we're going to make you respond, yeah. right? I'm not going to hide you here. You got you got Tyreek Hill as you on the island. Yeah. I hope good luck to you, right? right? Because most people are going to try to rise up here and be like, I'm not the one. Yeah. I'm not the weak link here. I'm not the one. Yeah, and I, and I think that all the players that you talk about, Del Pitt, right? So when because when Del Pitt was at LSU, I love Del Pitt down at LSU. He right? finally showed. Right. I thought he at finally the the showed some improvement right. at the end. So of the I year. said, okay, let's go. I'm gonna give you some authority yeah. and uh, complexity empower to empower him to be great. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. Last thing you want to be. Last thing before we bring in DeQuell to follow up on your point, Jay, about hey, don't judge this defense week one. New coordinator. Unlike this year, you're also gonna have new a lot of new starters. I mean. Well, well, we have a lot. I think we probably will have three or four at the most. That's a lot, though. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I That's mean, almost half. It, there's a chance yeah. you could have a – it's possible in, in a perfect world they have five new starters in the front seven. Yeah, you, well, could, have you, two two, new, two you could have two new linebackers no, right. and, and three yeah. new defensive linemen. And three right. new defensive yeah. linemen. You got yeah, to right. have it. Yeah. Right. Now, well, some of them might have been here last year, but possibly. But they weren't, nah, weren't I don't think that they're here. No. I think you'll be sir, bringing some people in you here. You need at least at least three starters that are not on the, the front. Because yeah, from can, the defensive line, on the defensive line almost – by yes. itself. The yeah. one thing we cannot do is be run on again like we were run on this no, year. No, we cannot. Those days are gone. That's by be the way, stopped. you mentioned Denzel Ward. I would love to, in the offseason, McNuggets, I hope we I hope they would comply with this request. I would love to reach out to the Browns to see if we could get Denzel Ward to come in for a show. I'd love to have him in studio for a full two hours. Yeah, I think we go through Tyvis, not the Browns. We go, yeah. Well, I know, but the Browns do have to be right. You know, the Browns have to be in that mix. We respect that. We totally understand that. Teams want to know when their players are talking. They like to approve it. Right. And, and I would like to go through the proper channels. But you're right. Denzel could help. Or, I mean, Tyvis could help a lot. But I, I think it would be great not to grill them, not to put them mm. under, you know, this, you know, in, interrogate, you know, be clear. interrogation. Be clear. We're going to that. We need Denzel Ward. At we do. Top, top and of I would game. love to have him sit here. If for no other reason, you touched on it. Talk about the culture because he's seen both ends of it, right? Mm -hmm. He's been at Ohio State where he lost more games in his in in one season, the you know I think maybe one every every season, season of, of the last yeah. three, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe every season of his career, he lost more games in in each season than he did in total at Ohio State. That's right. Because right. one thing, Ohio, and I would love to have him talk about that. The culture. one thing Ohio State has is they have whether you like them or not, they got culture. They do they have do. it, and it passes on from year to year. And when you walk in and that when door, you walk at the Woody door, Hayes you assume that culture, you, or you're gonna be run out of town here. And yes. it, culture goes both ways. Yeah. When you walk into that Woody Hayes facility, you understand there is an expectation mm -hmm. for you for every guy, not just the starters. 
Likewise, when you walk into a building in Berea, like the Browns, where winning has not been part of the culture, you automatically know this is an organization that has dealt with ineptitude right. yeah, and yeah. less than their best for the last 20 plus years. And that's a perfect time to bring in DeQuell. Wait, he needs to do a read first. Oh, oh ahead, yeah, Mike. we're going to bring Sorry. in DeQuell for a little Browns talk. And for the last Sweet time, bro. our Browns talk. Let's this give is a clap up for Tri-C. Today. Yeah, baby. Tri-C's with us. They've got a great sponsor. We Please. all Tri-C. <laughs> we all the students. Cuyahoga, your choice. It's still community college, the best in the area. Tri-C supports their students financially, professionally, and personally, opening up doors to endless possibilities. Tri-C is where the future starts. It starts now. Classes begin already. They've already begun. Excuse me. Today's the last day to register. I heard a rumor that if DeQuell didn't go to Maryland, and he decided to go the community college route. Tri C is probably where he would have ended up. And that is a compliment to Quell because Tri C, you and Ben Wallace could have ran Tri C together. So you think you think so, huh? So have we solved the problem with Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga? Have we figured that out? Not What's really. The no. No. What did you say when you were here? Okay. Yeah. What did you, I said Cuyahoga. Yeah, that's Cuyahoga. It. That's it right there. Brad's a lifer. That's Brad, it right there. That's it right Cuyahoga. there. Cuyahoga. I say Cuyahoga. That's it. Yeah. That's it right there. Duke. I get people right when I'm just walking down the street now, just looking at me and go, Cuyahoga. It's not, yeah. it's not Prince George's <laughs> County. Hey, Dequell. I'm curious. It's not PG. I like those no, floating shelves, PG. by the way. Yeah, nice. I like those floating <laughs> shelves. Did you install those yourself? No, I'm actually in a hotel, if you oh. believe it or not. I'm down in Miami right now. Oh, I'm traveling. Nice, yeah, no, traveling with the wife. She has some board meetings, so I'm like, all right, we'll, 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 we'll tag along. More nice. support. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Dequell, I'm Absolutely. curious because Jay just mentioned that, like, the Browns, honest, you know, Browns have a losing culture here. We know that. They haven't, you know, like the Steelers, as much as I thought they'd be under 500 this year, and I was wrong. Like, part of the reason they're able to at least get to mediocrity is because of their culture. Uh, they should have been under 500, but they find a way to at least be decent every year. So, I'm curious. When you were here and you're, and you're losing year after year, for guys like you that spent a lot of time here, I think I asked the same question to Joe Thomas years ago. Not that you accept losing, but does there ever become mm-hmm. a point where you have to – not be bothered, I guess, as much by the losing because there's just you're doing all you can, but it, you'll drive yourself crazy if you get depressed about every loss. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, and that was something that I had to learn to deal with because when you're here for only two or three years, it really doesn't affect you as right. much as you know. Uh, my time here, I spent eight years there, and Joe Thomas spent his entire career there. The lifers, the Joe Haytons of the world, who've been there for so many years. It's an urge that you have to fight, man. And, and it's so tough and it's so difficult to deal with from a mentality standpoint. In terms of the locker room, I think that's why front office guys invested in guys like myself and Joe Thomas and Joe Hayden, guys who loved Cleveland being in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And despite what the record was, each year you had the same mentality every year. Every year you thought you could win a Super Bowl. Every year you thought you could win. No matter, despite what the record right, was, right. you still approach. You you learn how to become a pro very right. early in your in your career, and I think it permeated throughout the locker room in my time there. The the where the where the Browns are right now, I don't think we all make this fuss about Miles Garrett being the guy. He's not that guy. Can you develop him to be that guy and, and galvanize all the guys? I don't know. The we'll we'll see. You know, his, his, he has the rest of his career to prove to us that he could be that type of leader. But I think that is the issue is, you know, you have to get guys to buy in. You have to be able to identify those guys that you can rely on 
obviously when things are going well, but when things are going bad, which guys are going to, you know, tighten that rope and say, you right. know what, I'm going to pull guys along to get, get over this hump. From what you've heard about Schwartz, and I know you were on with this last week before the hire was made, and you said he he's a no-nonsense guy. He's, the, he's a guy yeah. that's known for getting the most out of his players. I'm sure you know guys that played for him. I'm sure you've talked to mm-hmm. guys that played for him. Give us your reaction to Jim Schwartz being hired and what impact do you think him being here is going to have ultimately on this defense? Yeah, I think in terms of talent on this defense, it's a no-brainer. We have the talent. We were missing someone that can get the best out of our talent. And I think Jim Schwartz, am I saying his name right? Is it Schwartz or Schwartz? Schwartz. 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 Yeah, you got it. Schwartz. 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 I think he's his attitude and his demeanor where he comes from, I listened to his presser. I think he said all the right things. If you're not, if, as a player on this defense, if you're not all in, you're not gonna you're not gonna vibe well with Jim because he demands from his from from Miles Garrett to the last guy on the roster, he demands a certain level of professionalism, a certain level of success because he's had it everywhere he's been. He's had guys that have basically prolonged his career by playing well. He gets it. And I think he'll be able to come in and and sell the points. Like, listen, guys, we can get everything we want. We can get all the, the, the goals we want individually, money, the whole thing. He'll break it down to those guys and say, you know what? But we, if we don't have team success, we don't reach any of our goals. And I think you got to – the great coaches, the secret sauce is the personality trait. It's how do I convince these guys early on, I'm the guy for the job. How do I – and when you start to – humanize yourself you don't go in and I think he'll go in and be a, just a guy and I think all the guys will respect it he's got the respect he's got the credentials he's got the credibility he's got all these things and I think his personality trait will bode well with with the top end guys and the low end guys on this roster the quill question for you how long does that typically basketball is different football tell me how long does that typically take with a new coach taking over the uh, type of uh, situation he's walking into how long before he has an impact on the personality of this defensive squad and does that occur during the summer you start seeing the trend turn what does it start to happen it's got to happen now he's got to be on the phone with all of his guys building a rapport right now and saying all the right things anytime a new with my experience anytime we had a new position coach or a new defensive coordinator coming to town i was the guy making the call because i wanted to be one of the first voices they heard so he can rely on me. Hey, okay. what's your message? So I can tell other guys, okay, I think I like this guy. But I think on his end, he's got to make those calls now. Right. It's something that it never stops and it never ends. And it and you can't start early enough, in my opinion. Dequell, um Jim Schwartz plays a lot more uh, man-to-man than he does zone, at least traditionally. I mean, I guess we don't know for sure it's going to happen here. It seems to me that Denzel Ward would thrive more as a man-to-man, you know, being a man-to-man more often. Do you see it that way? I mean, you'd know better than I. Is that right or, or, or not necessarily the case? Yeah, corners, they're crazy, man, and they love playing man, you yeah. know, because it makes their job easy. You don't have to rely on anyone else to communicate. If a guy is, if a guy is crossing and you got to uh, drop him and, and give him to the, the next defender, corners love playing man. But yeah. the only issue is if you don't have an offense, that's not that isn't generating a lot of points. That means you're putting yourself in harm's way, way a lot every, more every, often all the time. than what you have to. So it, it's a give and take situation. And I, I think with Denzel, I think he works best in man. But Jim, he's gonna 
I think if, in my opinion, I think one of the reasons they brought him in because he can identify those players at each level that can help this team. And he talked about in his presser, presser, if you can generate pressure with your front four and you can dictate to the offense when you want to pressure as opposed to the other way around, it's going to help guys like Denzel Ward, uh, Delpet, uh, and, and and a lot of other guys in this locker room. But I, I think in terms of Denzel, you know, it, listen, he's a guy that you can win with. You can take this defense to the next level. But at, like every other player, you need help and you need the right coaches in place. Oh, I'll say this one other thing, I, and I know I'm skipping around a bit, but uh, during the presser, uh, Jim said something that I thought was very intriguing, and I think it was an indictment on Joe Woods. He talked about coaching coordinators being able to not only coach the players but coach the coaches, and it, and I and I went down my my rolodex in terms of some of the coaches I played for, like Rob Ryan, for instance, when he was in Cleveland. Everyone thinks the world of Rob Ryan, love him to death as a as a coach, but it was so disjointed in his meetings. He would say one thing, and then a position room they were saying something else. So it was a lot of disjointed communication going on, which obviously spills over to the to the field. And I and I think that had a lot to do with that was he was speaking in terms of why he got hired and I and I took it as, you know, some of the um the the the, the things that Joe Woods what wasn't able to accomplish and that's why he was no longer here with this, this football that's, that's football. That's a great team. point. You don't I don't really you don't really think about that as a non player, but the fact that you had a, a DC telling you one thing and a position coach telling you the other, I mean, that's a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a disaster. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. I know you and I, I felt the same way. We're, we were all high on JOK because his rookie year, he showed a lot of promise. And then I can't wait to it, talk about this. Right, right. So he went downhill year <laughs> two. Jim mm. Schwartz, like, there's obviously a skill set there, but it's mm. tricky because he doesn't look like a linebacker or at least a traditional right. linebacker. So right. if you were the coach of the Browns, mm-hmm. what would you do? Like, you have to find something that JOK could do that he could do well. So how would you use him, and how hard is it to figure that out? Yeah, that's something they, they have to – if I were that coach and what I watched on film, he's not a linebacker. He's definitely not a linebacker. He doesn't have wow. the fundamentals to play linebacker. It's just not – and. The places he was put in on on he was playing Sam at one position and I don't think he's the he's got the skill set he's got the the athletic ability but he doesn't have the discipline to play linebacker right now so I would look at I would look at playing him on third downs bring him in to guard tight ends let him be the man to man the cover linebacker with the title linebacker because I, I just don't think I think from that position you got to look at some of these free agents that are out here and bring a guy in that when a coach says these are the things we need to do to be successful, you actually have a guy leading by example doing those things. I think when you look at this group, when you look at JOK, he did he he's not he doesn't play well with his hands. He gets lost in space. Uh, he doesn't he he plays too hesitant, and that's one of the things that Jim talked about. On his pressers, like you want guys to play fast, and when you play fast, that means you're prepared, you're comfortable with your your fundamentals, everything leading up to the diagnosis of a play. And I I don't think JOK has that right now. Can and he become, me, my Dequell. Um, so just given his skill set, his size and his skill set. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are holes in his technique that can be coached away. I I would think. Um, can he become a linebacker or? 
Because if he's not a linebacker. You can't coach the instincts. No, you can't. And that's a linebacker is an instinct position. My question is then is he even worth keeping around? I mean, just to have him on third down as a almost like a sixth defensive back to just cover tight ends. The question then becomes, do you keep him and try to reclaim him into a Mm -hmm. linebacker or do you just cut bait and move on? Yeah. Great point, Jay. I get rid of him. In my opinion, I get rid of him because he's a high draft pick. You're going to continue to go down this roller coaster of because year one and year two is very critical in the league. And that's the position I, you know, I see it and I watch every game, the JOK, every footwork, every step, the great linebackers, the linebackers who you and you can see you couldn't see any any growth throughout the season. To me, that means from year one to year two, that means if that's not happening in two years, you need to move on. And, DQ, and you need to find someone else. DQ, wow. and DQ telling this, you're not being mean. You're not being mean at all. Yeah. You calling us no, like spade, right? This is what it is, right? Either yeah. you do wow. or you don't. And if you don't, it's nothing personal against you. We have to move right. on here because we coming from last place in this division, right? Mm-hmm. When the expectations were much higher, right? So you have to start saying, okay, how do I win here? And my question to you, DQ, is this. Is Schwartz the guy that goes to the goes back to the management now? The head coach said, "Listen, I need this mm-hmm. player, this player, mm-hmm. this player, and I don't need this. And player. I don't need yes. this guy." Right? Yeah, because he does not fit the bill of uh, uh, Jim Schwartz attitude style defense. Listen, there's a guy I reached out to early. He hadn't got back to got back to me. Stephen Tullock. Steve Tullock played at NC State. He played under Schwartz in Tennessee. He's probably with shoes on five eight. But he was a nasty, instinctual, tough, physical, fast linebacker. That's the DNA of what Jim stands. That's what he wants from his interior linebackers. JOK doesn't have that. And I think part of the reason he was brought in because he can identify with his experience at every level. These are the these are the type of guys I need with this type of attitude. And JOK doesn't fit that bill. I don't he think doesn't fit have... that bill at all. Dequell, based on how you're defining that, it makes sense. Do they have any linebackers on this roster that that fill that bill? Listen, I, to be honest with you, no. If you ask me, who are the two starters going into next year? Man, you need to go off the. You need to go on the street and find some guys. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I went. I went and looked up uh, top free agents. You know, Levante David possibly yeah. could be a top free agent. Get a guy in like that has proven that has experience. He could be a massive upgrade to What's an unaccomplished and inexperienced linebacker uh, group. So you need a guy like that. And I think Jim, with his experience, with his um, uh, his history of coaching, being a defensive coordinator and being around defenses, he will hopefully he will have that freedom to say, you know what, I don't need this guy. I need a guy like this and go out free agency just to plug in one guy. But, you know, time is of the essence. You don't right. have time to build for three or four years this defense. So you got to go out and gr- bring in guys who you could who, you know, can get the job done and, and can play really good style defense. I'm kind of probably no, why, are you, why are you depressed? Because we also know that we need a complete overhaul of well, the defensive line a, with the exception of one well, guy. Here, I like this. I'm not depressed. I, I want somebody to tell me what it is. I know, but I, I can't, can't, I can't, if they're I can't, not I, afraid to cut bait with JOK, that's a, a positive for the organization. If the quote's right, so. and he would know better than all of us, yeah. And Jim Schwartz is like, this guy doesn't fit what I'm doing. Jim's probably seeing the same thing he's seeing. If they don't force Jim Schwartz to keep him, I think that's a good thing. Now, JOK probably has some trade value, not a ton, but some, because there's probably, to quote, some teams 
right? That play defense differently, does. different style that yeah. they could use him. Yeah. And maybe you use backup, that to get draft capital or something else. Right. As a backup, he's great because you're not asking him. You're not giving him the full menu. You're giving him an appetizer of, uh, of a defensive right. scheme. And, and you can rely on that, which as a backup, okay. But you still, that isn't, he hasn't shown enough for me to say, you know what? He's part of. We can win a championship and a Super Bowl with this guy. Yeah, he's part and you of the can future rebuild. Say, yeah, he's part of the future rebuild. And I don't think right now that's not what this team needs. You need someone that you, he, he's a at best he's a guy. He's going to be a special teams guy. If things don't if right. things doesn't change drastically, he's going to be a special right. teams guy and a backup guy. Dequell, tell tell him this. How is it when you know when you line it up next to a guy that you know is inferior for the job, right? Tell him mm-hmm. the pressure that puts on on, on on me, right? Because I know you can't right. do what needs to be done, right? And so right. now I got to right. cover up not only my stuff, but I got to also help you because yeah. you can't do it. Well, so, Anthony Walker, I feel like that's why he was brought in as a mentor for a guy like JOK that was all over the place fundamentally and instinctually and all these other things. And when they lost him, JOK just kind of was in this this puddle. He didn't have anyone to kind of lean on to. Hey, this is how we play the position. This is how. Do I think it's salvageable? It could be. We hope so, but not for the Browns. I think where the Browns are in this staff, you got to move on. You got to bring somebody in that can get it, that you can rely on. I got another linebacker. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen of him, JOK, or how well, you've seen him play in JOK, but I um, compared to JOK, but uh, but I watch him a lot because he's on the Bengals. Uh, Jermaine, the Bengals have two really good linebackers, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. And Pratt, yeah. Pratt in particular has really stepped forward this year, had a big year. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that the Bengals are going to keep him. I, I think they should, but you right. never know with them. They they make they have their own game plan. That's a guy right. who's played in this division. I think, I don't know how much you've seen of him, Dequell. You mentioned Levante David, who's awesome and has yeah. Super Bowl experience. But so does Pratt. And he's younger. Right. Uh, what do you What right. do you think of him? Right. Is he a guy that Browns should target? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't seen much of him. I've yeah. just heard, just watched, you know, big time game or the prime time games. Yeah. I don't know much about him. But listen, it, those guys. I know that defense has played has played pretty well. I know that back end is really good. I can't. I don't. I can't give you anything on him per se. I haven't watched much of him. Right. But there's another guy that comes to mind. You know, uh, in terms of where Schwartz has come from, he mentioned it during his prep. David Long. David Long, the undersized guy, don't be surprised if you start plucking guys from over, oh, yeah. you know, from Tennessee to come over. A- absolutely. And, and, and know, it's, know it and understand the system. Guys that he's been around, understands their temperament, understands their attitude. I think that's what this defense needs. This yeah, defense needs some attitude, awesome. man. They uh, do it all the time. retirement to Quell to play in this defense? <laughs> yeah, we kind of uh, need uh, you to right Listen, well, I mean, Schwartz, middle linebacker. Listen, with this bum ankle I have, I, I won't be much of anything, man. But, <laughs> nah, nah, I can't do it. But uh, the way I, these guys get paid, Oh I can God. think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's saying, enticing. It's very how, enticing. How you played, though, would you have fit into a Jim Schwartz defense? Just hypothetically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I would have loved to play for a coach like that, that wasn't afraid to, uh, again, I go back to his presser. He talked about holding guys accountable when his 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 number one guy, uh, I think it was Malcolm Jenkins, he had, he had a, a mental error during the game, and the next meeting, he pulled him to a side, mm-hmm. and this is what great coaches do your top guys who rarely make mistakes and when they make a catastrophic mistake, it's very important that the coach 
brings it up in the meeting. Mm-hmm. So it permeates to everyone else that exactly. you know what I'm holding him accountable. Yeah. So you're behind better be accountable. Exactly. And he talked about <laughs> him holding his feet to the fire. I love coaches like that because I know if you can't play, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're not going to play. And yeah. the coach has that type of, yeah, he, 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 he's, he's been, this is be his 30th year. So he's not a, 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 on the front end of his coaching career where he needs his job. So he's going to, try to, you know, not be who he is. No, this guy is comfortable in his own skin. He's a man's man. He's a coach's coach. And I would have loved to play for him. By the way, Dequel, uh another free – I know I'm, I'm, I'm kidding myself because I <laughs> know this it. guy's – Let's do it. I know this guy's going to get franchise tagged, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of him because he plays for the Commanders. Deron Payne. Oh, Deron Payne. Oh, yeah. if the Browns could get yeah. him – I mean, I know oh they can't God. let him go. The problem myself, is social but... media is all a buzz about let's bring Payne in. People yeah. are tweeting at him. Come to Cleveland. That's not a yeah. he's not, But how good is he? I mean, it seems like he's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, he's a, he's one of those rare breeds that can generate pressure from the interior of your defensive line. That's something the Browns def- desperately needs because when you have a guy that can generate 16 sacks on one end, and you can, if you can generate any pressure, take the double team away from him and have the, it just, it only helps your defense generate pressure. And that's the number one. Listen, if you can generate pressure in this league, you guys know uh, you're going to win a ton of games in this, in this, in this league. And Deron Payne will be a huge upgrade, massive upgrade. But, you know, again, you know, it's wishful thinking. Have you ever made a player Listen. cry on the field? Did you ever hit somebody so hard they actually <laughs> cried on the field? <laughs> No, I have not. And if no, I have not. I don't. No, no, I haven't. I, w- did, I wish I could tell it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's no, the- no, listen, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you. <laughs> yeah, who, who is the player? Who's the player? I mean, you had like 7000 tackles in your career. Who's the player uh, that get, that hit you? That was the hardest to tackle. The biggest oof. badass to tackle. Oof. Uh, so I got him in his prime and I end up making. I, I think I talked to you, you guys about this a long time ago. And McNuggets found the, the damn Sports Illustrated. I was on the oh, we have cover. The cover. Of we have it. Adrian Peterson. Adrian right. Peterson is prime. He, that's the obvious. But under the radar, that really no one really talked about. There's two guys: Ronnie Brown, when they started running the Wildcat in Miami when yeah. he was there, and then Chris Johnson. Oh, Chris yeah. Johnson Chris was the quickest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. What you got your hands on him? He went down, but he was so hard to just get to uh, yeah. because he was he was quick, fast, and he just would hide behind the uh, his offensive line. So he he was always tough for me. Always he had some great years, tough. Johnson. Yeah. Oh, he was phenomenal. Yeah. You yeah. never played? Did you ever play against? I, I can't remember the timeline for his career, but did you ever play against Brandon Jacobs? So I did, but you know what? The thing with Brandon, he was just big, but he yeah. wasn't that. He was easy to bring down. Uh, you know, guys on the back end were afraid to hit him because he's so big and. When he right. puts those shoulder shoulder pads over his knees, uh, you're gonna go backwards. You're gonna yeah. go where he's going. What about but Mike I, I Allstott? Did, I, did you ever play against Allstott? That oh, see, now you now you now you trying to age me. No, hell no. <laughs> I was in high school when Allstott. <laughs> I know because I know you would know of Mike Allstott. But even after right. they won the Super Bowl, you stuck around in the league for a few years, and I couldn't remember what your rookie no, year was. But no, I I saw I, him I'm at field level yeah. hit some cornerbacks. In open space, Ooh. where I, I I felt it. Right. I mean, my body right, Jay, cringed at those at those. Jay, speaking of fullbacks, uh, Lorenzo Neal. Oh man, Lorenzo oh, Neal oh, yeah. with oh, yeah. Damian Thomason. Yeah. When they were running through every defense, known the man. Oh my God, he hit me so hard. Like I, I, 
like I, I think I might may have cried. <laughs> he hit me so damn hard. Oh my goodness! McNuggets yeah, has a bunch man. of rapid fire questions for a couple you. rapid fire ones. <laughs> First off, uh, how was the Hall of Fame induction last week? Oh, it was it was pretty cool, man. It was good to go back to the the high school. Uh, you know, it was done on a much l- lower level than uh, you know college and and going through the Legends program with the Browns. But you know, but it was it was uh, it was cool. It was good to see. So funny story. So a woman. Uh, one of my best friends in high school, I actually used to live with. Uh, his his parents let me live with them for like the last two years of high school because my grandparents had all the grandkids. And long story, long story short, she I always knew she played softball, and I hadn't talked to her. Her name is Patty Sidlow. I talked to her every now and again, but come to find out, she was in the same building being recognized for a 1979, the only state championship soccer or uh, softball team uh, in Seminole High School history. So it was wow. good to reconnect with her and. Uh, my old coach was there. He got inducted as well. See his family and and my my biggest supporter King. He's running around here with his Beyblades. He was there with me, and so that was the best part of it, just to see him run around and uh, yeah. you know anywhere I was getting you know acknowledged. He was right there with me, so it was mm-hmm. fun, man. It was good to go back home and uh, awesome. you know see the beach. But it was cold. It was cold, man. It was cold in Florida. It was like fifty five degrees. Hey, we got Ooh, no sympathy for you on fifty five no degrees. Oh, we yeah. were 56 last night. That's true. Your did. son is a, a fan favorite in the YouTube chat. People keep asking what's that noise in the background. Like, we love oh, shit. Your son I, doing I, you know what? I was so. trying to I was trying to mute when he he's no, he, he's got it's these all, it's uh, all good. Bay Blades are, yeah. kids love those things. Dequel, though, my, oh, my, my last God. question. We don't have G Bush uh, here, so between Jay, Brad, Bull, and myself, us four, what position would each of us play in the NFL if we were able to make it that far? After hearing your JOK evaluation, I know I know you'd be able to place us in a proper spot on a football field. This will be fun. Okay, so, yeah. Brad, so Brad is going to be my – already know, Brad, you're going to be my Calvin Johnson. You're going to yeah, be my goal yeah, line. Just, uh, just, uh, just, just throw it to me, just, just throw it to me, I also want him on special teams so he can block kicks. That's true. I'm going to come on right and on the 12th back. <laughs> and we're, and we're not going to use your knees now. We're going to use your 19-year-old knees. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're gonna, since, we, since Jay brought up a fullback and Mike Allstott, bull, you're going to be my fullback. You're going to be my yeah. Mike Allstott. I was thinking Lorenzo guard, Neal. but I'd love to play fullback. I, no, no, I, 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 you know what? I, I want to give you a little glory. I want to give Thank you a little you. glory. I want and, the glory. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay, you're going to be my quarterback because yeah. I, I think you, you kind of tie everything together. Yeah. You're my quarterback. You're going to get everybody lined up, you know, bring everybody back down um, when they're they're going crazy and we yeah. can't move the ball down the field. Yeah, yeah, I can see you orchestrating that. And once yeah. upon uh, a time, I could chuck a football yeah. 60 yards. So. Yeah. McNuggets yeah. the kicker. Is McNuggets Mc, the kicker? McNug- no, McNuggets <laughs> is the water boy. Are you kidding me? He's the water He's going to be the water <laughs> I know you got a bum ankle right now, but I was on fire last night. Uh, Rubens, I don't know if you got down here. Rubens and Gatorade. The water water. I need some Gatorade. I need this crap out of here. I thought for sure he was going to go kicker. Uh, hey, oh, no, no, no. He's the water boy. We got to the, uh, the divisional round of the playoffs. And it's, a, I, uh, it's my favorite weekend of yeah, football because yeah. you get two yeah. really good games on each day. Yes. Let's start in the NFC. Make your picks in the NFC. We can, we'll start out on the coast. We'll start with the with the 49ers and Cowboys. Who do you like? Man, you know, it's been a year of the backup quarterback this year and mm-hmm. Purdy has done such a great job with this team and and you know, everyone's rallying behind him and everyone loves the underdog story, but you know what? I want to see something different. 
You know, yeah. last week I, I I wanted to see the Bucks actually beat the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, but this year I'm going with the Cowboys. This week oh. I'm going with the Cowboys. I, okay. I want to see about, them. What about the other game? Yeah, yeah. You got the Giants and the Eagles and NFC East old school clash. Yeah, I'm going Eagles. I, I want to. I'm, I'm still on this Jalen Hurts uh, bandwagon. I want to see him really, you know, take his game to the next level. And you make your your, your legacy known in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm going to Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen. All right, Hurts, that, that'd be sure. that'd be an interesting uh, Dallas Philly NFC yes, East. It would be championship. Yeah, would love it. I mean, yeah. it, this, this has been it. the year of the. You said it, backup quarterback, but also the NFC East yes. is shining. This After year. a terrible year last, yes. awful. Okay, uh, what yes. about the AFC? Yes. You got two games over there. You got the Jags at the Chiefs. And the Bengals at the Bills. Who do you like in those two? I like Bengals. Mm-hmm. I like Bengals over over Buffalo. I really do. Okay. I, I really do. And the Jacksonville game. Are you kidding me? I'm going Chiefs. I'm not going against Patrick Mahomes. I think <laughs> yeah. Jacksonville. They l- listen. I, I think they played very. Well. King is talking to me. I think uh, they they played very well. They, they had a great comeback story, but I think it runs dry against the Chiefs. They, we haven't heard much go. about them. In the last there you go. Yeah. Right. There you go. He's in the mix. He's in the mix. <laughs> man. Listen, he's climbing down. He is, baby. He's trying to go to the pool. He wants to go to the pool. Go. Go to the pool. Have fun. <laughs> hey, okay. I need you for 60 seconds before we let you go. We're going to play uh-huh. Would You Rather after we let you go. And here's the question. Okay. Would you rather for the next four years – Taking everything into consideration, salary, past experience, baggage, everything. I'm giving you a choice. Deshaun Watson at his salary, Brock Purdy at his. <laughs> oh my good, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I, I know what you guys are doing. That's funny, but I, I gotta, I gotta go with Deshaun Watson. I'm All right. sorry. Very I'm good. sorry. I gotta go with Deshaun. I gotta go with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Purdy, That's yeah, good, right? yeah. I like it this year, but no, not for over four years. Absolutely I, I not. will say, that is the absolute, to, to quote G. Bush, Duke of knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Of course, what are you kidding? It's, mm-hmm. it's a but big Brock Purdy. I was, yeah. I was asked as a service to this show to take the other side. So, like any good defense attorney who, who thinks his client is guilty – 